Welcome to our online service for Renewal. My name is Adri, and I'm so glad you're spending time with us today. Today, you'll hear from Pastor Jared and our worship team. We hope that you leave encouraged and changed for the better. Before that, I'd like to share a few ways that you can get connected during and after service. During the service, you can engage with others in our online community by introducing yourself and sharing where you're from, sending likes when you hear something you agree with, requesting prayer, following along with the message notes, or filling out the connection card at any time. Keep a lookout for the online hosts because they'll share helpful information and get you whatever you need. We're here to help you grow and to take the next right step. So be sure to fill out the online connection card so we can stay in touch with you throughout the week. If you'd like to give, you can go to renewalchurchboston.com give to give at any point. We believe the church is God's people gathered and we're excited to see God work in and through you. Our worship team is about to start. And after the talk from Pastor Jared, I'll be back to share more about next steps. Enjoy the service. Hey church, happy Easter. This is the season where we celebrate Jesus' death and his resurrection. This song that we're about to sing, it says, Done, done, he is risen, it is done, and I sing hallelujah. So as we worship, let's just remember that he died and he rose again to give us freedom. And it's for that reason that we are here to worship. your blood I'm gonna live like my shame is gone won't be shackled to the way I was I'm gonna live like my chains are gone
Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, oh. 
God, we thank you for the freedom that you've given us through your death and your resurrection. And God, I pray that you help us live in that freedom every day. Pray that we never forget what you've done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us at Renewal Church today. I'm Ken Gilming, and I'm one of the elders here. I believe life is better lived connected and that community is much more important than ever before. That's why I'm leading a new online community group that lasts for four weeks. It's a chance to make some healthy relationships and grow spiritually. It's Tuesday night at 7 p.m. So just fill out the online connection card for more information. I hope to see you there. Now, let's listen to the message. Thank you for joining us for Easter at Renewal Church. My name is Jared Kirk. I'm the pastor, and I'm so glad that you've joined us. Today, we're going to be talking to a doctor who's on the front lines of treating the coronavirus and is finding some hope in the middle of difficult circumstances. We're going to be talking about the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and how that makes a difference in your Monday to Saturday quarantine existence. And hopefully by the end, we're going to find some extra hope in the middle of dark times together. I think it's fair to say that hope has been fading for a lot of people recently, just this week. I talked to someone who had been laid off from their job. I talked to another person who has a grandfather who is on a ventilator in the ICU with coronavirus. I, I spoke to another person whose grandparents passed away from something unrelated and they can't go be with them. There's someone in my community group who their, their brother is getting married and they can't go be at the celebration with their brother. Hope is fading for a lot of people. And Hope fades for three basic reasons. Hope tends to fade in your life when people disappoint, when money disappears, or when plans derail. When people, money, or plans go out the window, hope starts to fade in your life. And I think that describes basically every one of us right now. People disappoint. And it might be government officials that you thought were on your side and were going to take care of us and protect us and you feel disappointed in them. Or it might be much more personal than that, that there was someone in your life that you thought, man, this person's going to be there for me. And now that you're going through a difficult time with quarantine or coronavirus, you feel more alone than ever. Hope also fades when money disappears. And for basically everybody right now, that's a concern. Whether you've been laid off from your job or furloughed from your job or your, your restaurant just shut down, there's a lot of worry about money. And lastly, when plans derail. Listen, we all had plans. I had plans. I, was, I had dreams. I said, here's where we're going to go as a church this year. I had plans for my family and, and all those kinds of things. And they've been derailed. Heather and I have been working on an adoption for a couple years now, and they've just stopped it. Our plans have derailed, and it's heartbreaking for us. And listen, when those things go out the window, hope fades. I know that hope starts to fade. And the reason is because we've put our trust in these things, in people, in money, in our plans, and then they fail us. And when they fail, hope starts to fade. But I want you to know that God is here in the middle of you. There is hope in the middle of dark times. And that's what Jesus' resurrection was all about. You know, that first Easter, 
when Jesus rose from the dead, that day didn't start off as a day of hope and excitement. That day actually started off pretty dark. There were a couple of Jesus' earliest followers who were walking down a road to a town called Emmaus. And for them, Jesus had died on the cross. He had risen from the dead, but they didn't know it yet. And they're walking along this path, talking to someone. It turns out that it's Jesus, but they don't know it. They haven't recognized him. And I want you to listen to the kind of hopelessness that they feel as they walk down this path. Here's what they said. Luke chapter 24. The chief priests and our rulers handed Jesus over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. We had hoped. In those three little words, it sums up so much brokenheartedness in their lives. They had hoped that Jesus was going to be this new king that would set Israel free. And it seemed like they had put their trust in Jesus and he had disappointed them because of his death and on the cross. They had hoped that they were gonna, that their plans for a future and free Israel were, were about to come to pass and, and no longer would they be slaves of Rome, but they would be free. And now their plans had been totally derailed. And we also know from James and John, we don't think about this very much, but they were hoping that Jesus was going to be an earthly king and they were going to have positions of power and prominence and influence, that they would have an income from that when Jesus came into his power. And so their money was disappeared and they were like, they didn't know how they were going to, how they were going to provide for themselves. Money was disappearing for them. And so the first Easter started off as a very dark time for the earliest followers of Jesus. And I know that for many of you, you've been going through those same kind of dark times. You had hopes before coronavirus interrupted everything in your life. You, you know, if you're like me, you know, we had hopes for relationships. We had hopes for family. We had hopes for education or maybe to start a business or go back to school or finish that degree. And now you're just kind of left saying, well, I had hoped. And yet for these earliest followers of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus changed everything everything for them and almost instantly turned what was a hopeless situation into something God was in the middle of and God was going to bring good out of. And the same can happen today. I want you to listen when Jesus shows up to these earliest followers, how quickly their despair turns into hope. It says, when Jesus was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. Then they got up, returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. The resurrection of Jesus brought instant joy into the middle of their darkness. It brought hope in dark times. And the resurrection of Jesus is still doing that today. Hey, listen, friends, we are in this together. Me and my family are going through this stuff just like 
you guys are. And I just know as a pastor of church, the level of need that's out there. As a church, just in the last several weeks, we've sent hundreds of dollars in grocery gift cards to people who need a little bit of help. We bought Chromebooks for under-resourced kids to make sure they could keep learning in Boston public schools while they're stuck home alone. We've sent multiple gift baskets out to people diagnosed positive with COVID-19. We've prayed with people who have been laid off of their jobs. We've prayed with people whose plans have been thrown into disarray and they don't know whether to go back to school or not. We just, we see all the need. And actually, just as the leader of Renewal Church, I want to say just for a second, thank you to those of you who have given because you have made that possible. This blessing that we've been able to give to people is your blessing. And if you want to be a part of that, you can always download the Renewal Church Boston app and give. It's the fastest, easiest way to give. And if you designate it for coronavirus relief and benevolence, then 100% of that goes external to the organization just to meet needs. So thank you for doing that. But just since we've been meeting all those needs, we've been seeing all those needs. And I know that for so many people, hope is fading. And I've experienced it in my family too, as we homeschool our kids and I'm cut off from my staff and my family and all those kinds of things. But here's what I've been holding on to. The resurrection of Jesus has been giving me hope. And I wanted to share with you three ways that the resurrection of Jesus can bring hope into your life today. Because the resurrection of Jesus still brings hope in dark times. So there are three ways that the resurrection of Jesus brings us hope. I hope you take some notes, maybe grab a sheet of paper nearby, anything, and write this stuff down. Here it is. The resurrection of Jesus gives me hope because, number one, I have an anchor in life's storms. You know, I, I'm a, I love to sail. I, I'm an amateur sailor. I'm not, not a professional sailor because I don't have enough money to have a boat. But I love going out into Boston Harbor. And one of the things I've discovered is that things can go from enjoyable to terrifying very quickly when you're out on the water. When the winds kick way up above what you can handle and the, the waves start coming over the sides of the boat, it gets scary fast. But an anchor is something that holds you firm holds you secure, you can stop worrying, you can let down the sails because it keeps you safe in the harbor and you know nothing is going to hurt you anymore. The hope that we have in Jesus is an anchor for our soul. Listen to how Hebrews chapter 6 verse 19 says this. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Our hope in Jesus holds us fast when life is trying to blow us around. And as, as I've prayed and as me and my family have gone through this, you know, it, one of those things that keeps me tethered is the resurrection of Jesus, knowing Jesus is more powerful than the storm I am going through. And when you know that Jesus is more powerful than the storm you are going through, it keeps you anchored instead of your soul drifting and being pushed around by everything in your life. Now, this week, I had the opportunity to sit down with someone who's a part of our church. She's a doctor at Mass General Hospital, and she's one of those people who has incredible faith, even though she's in the midst of a big storm, because she's on the front lines of dealing with coronavirus. So I sat down with her over Zoom, and I want to share that with you guys right now. Sarah Hammer, how are you? <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Share with people um, what it is that you do. I am a physician assistant in a hospital. My specialty is hospital medicine, which is like internal medicine for people in the hospital. 
Okay. And I think, you know, you're on the front line. So one of the biggest questions people have is what are you seeing in your hospital related to coronavirus right now? Right. So uh, my department has about 10 floors. Um, nine out of the 10 floors are dedicated to Corona patients. Wow. Uh, as of a couple days ago, we had, you know, 200 people with Corona on the floors and about a hundred in the ICU, a little over a hundred in the ICU and about half of them in the ICU are less than 60. So 30, 40s, 50s. Wow. Do you guys have all the protective equipment that you need? We don't. Um, PPE is a struggle. We're low on wipes, disinfecting wipes, and hand sanitizer, and of course, masks and things like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it sounds like that's, um, it's a seriously trying time, obviously for the patients who are sick, but for all of the healthcare workers too. Yeah. How are you holding on to hope in the middle of that kind of storm? Well, it's, you know, it's amazing to me that this is all happening during springtime. Um, you know, I don't know, the daffodils are blooming and the flowers are blooming and the trees have little buds on them. And it's just to me like a physical and a beautiful reminder of rebirth. Yeah. And you know, right now it's Easter and, you know, Jesus, like, you know, he went through death before there was resurrection, you know, there was death before there was rebirth. And you know, even his death was ugly and gruesome and painful, um, mm -hmm. but something beautiful came out of it. And I just believe that God is restoring all things and making all things new. And um, even individually, when God is transforming us, it's death to self before change can happen. And I'm just reminded of the verse in Joel when God says, I will restore the years the locust has eaten. Um, yeah. And I just believe that God is true and he keeps his promises and that's what I hold on to. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Um, one of the, the last questions we have for you here is just how we can pray for you and how we can pray for other healthcare workers. Cause we want to pray, but a lot of times we don't even know exactly what to pray for. So yeah. how can we be praying for you? Um, you know, it's mentally and emotionally very tolling. Um, some of my coworkers are staying in hotels. They've separated from their kids, um, you know, to work all day, like a factory, patient after patient after patient, and then to go, you know, somewhere, stay alone away from family is hard and exhausting. Um, and of course, you know, the PPE and the supplies and all that. So, yeah. Well, would it be all right if we prayed together right now before we're done? Sure. Okay, let's pray. God, thank you for Sarah and the calling you've put on her life to help bring health and life to people. We see her loving her neighbor, and it brings us joy to know her and invest in her. God, would you protect her and keep her safe and keep her healthy miraculously? And for all of the healthcare workers, God, for the nurses, the doctors, the custodial staff, the cafeteria workers, and everyone in between, would you bless them and supernaturally intervene in their life to protect them and keep them healthy? Would you provide the supplies that they need? Um, and God, we just, we trust you to be a God of mercy and grace who's in control in the middle of this situation. Of course, God, we lift up those who are sick and ill and we pray for your healing and we pray for this to end soon in Jesus name. Amen. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. And there's an extended version of this interview online. So follow us on social media if you want to see it.
All right, take care. Bye. Isn't that incredible? We are so, so thankful for Sarah and all of the healthcare workers like her. And we know that it really is faith in Jesus that is an anchor in the storms of life that will get us through no matter what we face. So the resurrection of Jesus gives us hope because we have an anchor for our soul. But also it brings us hope because I have a purpose for my pain. You know, it's been said that if you have a big enough why, you can get through any what. In other words, if I know why I'm going through this, then I can get through it. And when you follow Jesus, when you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you know that there is a purpose to your pain. This is one of those promises of scriptures, and it's actually our memory verse for this week. It's Romans 8.28, and here's what it says. And we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And if you want some resources to help you memorize that verse, just fill out the online connection card and we'll make sure and send something to you in the mail so you get what you need. But that verse means that God is going to use every bit of pain in your life for two things. Number one, for his glory. And number two, for your good. That is just a promise of what God does. And you can ask any Christian in the whole world and they will tell you when, when God is in your life and you have a relationship with God, you can know that he is going to bring good out of your hurt. Now, the resurrection of Jesus shows us so strongly because Jesus died on a cross. And that was unimaginable pain. That was unimaginable suffering. But even that is something that God worked for his glory and for our good. He worked it for our good because on the cross, Jesus wasn't just dying needlessly or purposelessly. He was dying so that our sin could be forgiven. So that when you come back to God and say, God, I want to know you. I want to have a relationship with you. Then your past doesn't even have to factor into that equation. It is wiped away. The Bible says as far as the east is from the west, that's how far away he's taken our transgressions from us. The Bible says, though, though our sins were red like scarlet, now they are white as snow because Jesus died on the cross in our place so that our sins could be forgiven. So God turns the cross for our good, but also it's for his glory. When Jesus rose from the dead, it was demonstrating God's power, God's power to turn our worst pain into unimaginable good. And so you can know, no matter what you're going through, that God has a purpose for your pain. Now, here's, a, here's one of those funny things about life. I can't promise you that I know exactly what that purpose is. I can't promise you that you're gonna know exactly what that purpose is. But the resurrection teaches us that even when we don't understand, like those first followers of Jesus, they just didn't understand what the crucifixion was all about. That didn't mean that there was no purpose. It just meant that they didn't know it yet. And so when you trust in God and you trust in Jesus and you believe in his resurrection, there is a purpose for your pain. All right, the third way that the resurrection of Jesus brings hope into our life is that I have an eternal home in heaven. Look at John 14, 22. This is something Jesus said right before he went to the cross. He was kind of explaining what was going to happen to his followers. And this is what he said. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? Jesus is going to prepare an eternal home for you 
and for me. And that brings such great hope today. You know, listen, let, let's talk seriously for just a second. You know, in the middle of everything happening with coronavirus and COVID-19, it's brought up some very serious things for a lot of us. And if you think about what's the worst thing that could happen, well, there's some pretty bad things that honestly could happen, and it's not going to do us any good to ignore them. You could get sick. You could lose your health. Well, we know you could lose your job or you could be laid off. You, you could lose someone you love who's close to you and not be able to go, go to them and be with them, which is a, a scary thought. You could even lose your own life. But when you have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you can know that death is not the end. That's, that's what the resurrection proved with Jesus, is that death was not the end. It was not the final word, that there is a heavenly home, that eternity is coming. And the Bible says God has set eternity in the heart of man. You know what that means? That men and women, all of us, have a sense that there is something more to this life than just what there is that there's an eternity, that there is heaven coming. And when you know that heaven is your home, it gives you incredible hope no matter what you are facing. Because not only is God preparing a heavenly place for you, he has a heavenly body for you as well. Look at 1 Corinthians here. It says, excuse me, 2 Corinthians. He says, for we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. And as I've gone through this and as our church has gone through this together, we have taken such incredible hope from this thought that God is more powerful than death. And so death doesn't get the last word. The virus doesn't get the last word. No uncertainty or fear gets the last word. Our God gets the last word. God is bigger than it all. And we know that because we have an eternal home in heaven. All right, so let's recap just a little bit, and then we're going to close. Jesus' resurrection gives me hope because I have an anchor in life's storms. His resurrection gives me hope because I have a purpose for my pain. And Jesus' resurrection gives me hope because I have an eternal home in heaven. But I want to talk to those of you today who are really struggling with hope. And I know that's a lot of you. For you, hope is fading. Maybe it was your plans derailed, it's your money disappearing, or people who have disappointed you, but hope is fading in your life. One reason you might be just lacking hope in your life is because you don't have a relationship with God. You know, I talked about all these incredible blessings that God wants to give you, an anchor, a purpose, and a heavenly home. That, those are gifts that God offers to you, but you still have to receive them. And the way that you receive them is by having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And you may say, well, I don't, I don't know how I believe. I don't know how I get to the place of faith. And you know, for the earliest Christians, they wrestled with that same thing too. But for them, the thing that gave them faith was the historical reality of encountering Jesus raised from the dead. That is why this group of Jewish people switched their day of worship from Saturday to Sunday. That is why they recorded that the eyewitness testimony was from women who were in that day not considered reliable witnesses, and yet they included it because that's what happened. That's why that 12 of the 12 disciples went to their death saying, I saw him alive. And so many of them could have, could have lived and kept their life just by saying, you know, I didn't see him alive after he died, but they all died saying, I saw him alive. And who would die for a lie? 
No, the resurrection of Jesus is what brought faith out of them. First Peter talks about this reality, and this is from that same Peter who followed Jesus around. And here's what it says. Through him, that's Jesus, you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and your hope are in God. Because Jesus rose from the dead, you can have faith. And I want to invite you to start a relationship with God today. I just, I just believe that maybe you need that hope in your life and you need to start a relationship. And here's what I'm going to do. In just a few seconds, I'm going to pray a simple prayer and here's how it goes. God, I need you in my life. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he rose again from the dead. I want Jesus to be the forgiver of my sins and the leader of my life. Please help me to follow you and fill me with hope. Amen. And if you can pray that simple prayer with me, giving your life to God and asking him to fill you with hope, then you can have a relationship with God and, and you can ask any Christian, maybe you have a Christian friend, and they will tell you about the hope that God gives you that helps get you through the darkest times. And so if God's leading you, to put your trust in him today instead of putting your trust in people or in money or in plans, then I want to invite you to pray that simple prayer with me right now. Let's pray. God, I need you in my life. I need the hope that you give me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and he rose from the dead, defeating death. God, I want Jesus to be my forgiver, and I need Jesus to be my leader. I want to live for you. Would you come into my life and give me eternal life and give me hope in Jesus' name? Amen. Now, if you prayed that simple prayer today, congratulations. That is the best decision you can ever make as a person. And I want to encourage you, every week we ask every person to fill out the online connection card. So take a few minutes and do that now. But if you prayed that, just check the box that says, I am choosing to put my trust in Jesus for the first time today. And we want to send you some resources by email or mail or whatever that looks like today. Well, thank you so much for joining us for Easter. Next week, we're starting a brand new series called Overcome because there's this thing in my soul where I just believe that what's going to get us through this is God. And God is the one who's going to overcome this. And God's the one who's got this. That there's no enemy he can't defeat. There's no sickness he can't heal. There's no captive he can't set free. That God is going to overcome. And in the middle of that, he's going to help us overcome the battles that we have to fight, both big and small. Battles against fear, against discouragement, and against relational strife. And so next week, myself and my wife, Heather, are going to be teaching about getting through the relational strain and strife and conflict that comes from quarantine. And I know that since you're quarantined, none of you are experiencing that, right? So I hope that you'll join us next Sunday online for that. Thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing. Keep, keep tuning in. We're going to get through this together. And let me leave you with this blessing. Romans 15 says this, May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God bless. I hope that throughout the service, you were able to learn, grow, and be strengthened in your faith. If this was helpful for you, consider inviting a friend to join you online next week through a text message before the service starts. 
Before you go, we'd like to remind you to fill out the online connection card so we can stay connected throughout the week. If you're not sure about your relationship with God, we want you to know that God loves you and has an incredible plan for your life. If you want to learn more about starting a relationship with God, click the button for prayer requests and one of our hosts will be with you. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope to see you next week. May God continue blessing you and showing you more of his love, presence, and grace.